0: Hello, welcome to the Market Weekly podcast. I'm Daniel Morris, Chief Market Strategist, and this week I'm joined by Karen Azoulay, Head of Infrastructure Debt, uh, which is, I think, a very pertinent and timely topic. Uh, despite all the changes with the pandemic, we remain in a lowflation environment. That means that uh, interest rates, that yields, even if we do anticipate them rising somewhat, are broadly speaking going to stay relatively low. So a challenge for investors that are looking for income. At the same time, uh, we are anticipating perhaps more modest returns for equities than we've had certainly so far this year. And that leaves investors, as is often the case, looking for alternatives. And infrastructure debt perhaps might be an attractive one. So let's start, Karen, if we could, with a bit of an introduction, an explanation, perhaps for those listeners who are not familiar with infrastructure debt. Maybe give us a bit of the characteristics, who are the issuers, et cetera, for this asset class.
1: Sure, with pleasure. Hi, Daniel. Infrastructure debt consists in financing large, tangible assets that provide uh, an essential service with high barriers to entry, even sometimes a monopolistic position. Um, It offers regulated or at least contracted uh, revenues and low technological risk. And thanks to those uh, key characteristics, uh, it contributes to to, um, provide stable and predictable revenues. And it includes sectors such as um, renewable energy, uh, telecom assets, utilities, uh, and transportation.
0: That's a good introduction to what the asset class is. Can you maybe embellish a bit on what are some of the characteristics that would be appealing to institutional investors?
1: For investors, uh, infrastructure debt um is appealing first maybe through the uh, attractive uh, liquidity premium uh, thanks to um uh, to a very conservative uh, risk profile um and uh, an attractive uh, relative value uh, second, I would say that um, it's, a, it's a bucket of diversification uh, for investors compared to more standard credit asset classes, um, as uh, it offers uh, low volatility um, and decorrelation correlation to, uh, to financial markets. And last but not least, um, it's an asset class that is ESG friendly by nature. Um, and we can implement uh, on top of that an ESG policy in order to build a portfolio towards um, environmentally uh, friendly uh, assets.
0: Okay, that sounds to me like an asset class that would have held up relatively well through the pandemic, given that you're looking for something perhaps with less volatility than that you're likely to see certainly in equities. Uh, did that happen? How did the asset class perform during during the lockdowns, during the
1: recession and, and the recovery that we've seen since? So from an asset management perspective, the challenges arising from the, the pandemic represented really the first major uh, test uh, to uh, the resilience of the uh, infrastructure debt. As institutional investors entered um the market and the asset class back in 2012 and 2013 just after the liquidity crisis uh, and before that uh, it was a pure uh, banking market so it was really the first uh, test and it was a, a crash uh, scenario that happened uh, that happened uh, last year and the result is largely positive As asset managers and more largely investors, uh, have been able to manage the the impact of the sanitary crisis on their portfolio. Um, And and we have experienced a low level of volatility uh, with a minor impact uh, on on pricing and financing structure, while, as you just uh, said, Liquid markets have been through high levels of uh, volatility driven by the large uh, uh, uncertainty surrounding the pandemic. Having said that the impact has been limited across the whole uh, asset class through the situation is obviously different uh, depending on uh, on sectors. Obviously, the transportation sector suffered the most with large decrease in traffic. Uh, in particular during the first strong lockdown uh, across Europe. Worth noting that the impact has been um, uneven in the transportation sector. So fast recovery for toll roads, for instance, with last summer figures that uh, came back to pre-crisis figures when uh, easing the lockdowns, basically, uh, while airports are still largely impacted and we anticipate a slow recovery on the other side other sectors such as renewables or utilities showed strong resilience as they were able to operate as an essential service basically and that's uh, the same as well for the telecom sector with the need uh, for uh, data and connectivity Uh, and we will come back on on that uh, on market trends i guess so you've
0: explained how the asset class has performed through the pandemic Uh, hopefully we're through the pandemic now we're looking towards the recovery that's ahead Uh, what's the outlook as far as you're concerned and how does that change depending on the sector you're thinking about
1: so looking ahead, uh, there are long-term market trends that existed before the crisis and that have been confirmed uh, through the pandemic, such as digitalization and energy transition. So the need for data and connectivity continues continue to, um, to grow with a home office, with online education and shopping, with uh, healthcare applications uh, and entertaining. Uh, obviously, and we are seeing uh, more and more transactions um, in fiber optic networks, in uh, data centers uh, and telecom towers. In addition, the trend favoring thinner and renewable energy is growing uh, with a strong political push um, and investors uh, understanding the potential impact of ESG Uh, on performance uh, on a long-term basis. So, uh, investors are no longer ticking the box, but are really willing to to follow this trend as this can affect performance, basically. And this this trend uh, and these assets includes not only renewable energy, but as well utilities that are phasing out from coal-based power to uh, to uh, greener uh, energy uh, sources, basically, and we also have new sectors emerging now that have digital and energy features, uh, such as uh, electric vehicles charging platform, for instance, or more generally transactions around uh, green mobility. Um, and then we also have a new trend that is um, this time a, a direct consequence of uh, the pandemic is um, all the transactions around the uh, healthcare sector as it was part of the social infrastructure. Uh, and we are seeing more and more uh, transactions uh, and investments Uh, coming in this sector, uh, not only on the debt side, but uh, as well on the uh, the equity side.
0: That all sounds very promising. So what uh, we've learned today, I think, from Karen, uh, as far as what infrastructure debt is, financing large tangible assets that provide an essential service and probably what's the most important... Thing of interest to investors is that it provides stable, predictable revenues with relatively low technological risk. And part of the returns that the asset class offers comes from a liquidity premium. And the final advantage is that it improves portfolio diversification since it has relatively low correlation with other publicly traded assets. And it's a final benefit, it's also ESG-friendly by nature, as Karen put it. As for how the asset class performed during the pandemic, what was quite interesting was really the first test of the asset class for many institutional investors that have only moved in to infrastructure debt uh, over the last few years. And it seems to have done what it was supposed to do and and would prove to be resilient with relatively low volatility. As for the outlook, uh, always bright. I think one of the consequences that we've seen from the pandemic is the anticipation of increased investment in infrastructure, think telecoms, certainly anything around renewable energy, uh, and certainly areas where infrastructure debt will certainly play a role. Well, that's all we have time for today. If you would like more information, please check out our Investors Corner blog or reach out to your BNP Paribas Asset Management contact. My thanks to Karen for sharing her insights. Please join us next week when I'll be speaking with our CIO of Fixed Income, Olivier de la Roussière, on the second half outlook. Until then, we hope you stay safe and take care. This podcast presentation includes a discussion on current market events and is not intended as investment advice or an offer of products or services by BNP Paribas Asset Management.